don't get confident overnight. It's not something that just happens in an instant. So I think it's just a case of, you know, be kind to yourself and realize that, you know, everything takes time. Take small steps towards whatever it is that you want to do. Hello, and welcome to Conversations in Confidence, a podcast by It Cosmetics UK. I'm your host, Rose Gallagher, the UK and Ireland brand ambassador. And each week, I'm going to talk to some of our friends from the industry about their own confidence journey. This morning, I'm talking to Natalie Brown. Now, Natalie speaks to us at It Cosmetics in so many different ways because really a lot of what she does is at the heart of making a woman feel her most confident. So whether it's her channel, which is dedicated to people that have a dream and are unsure on how to get started, whether it's her Be Bold, Be Brave, Be Beautiful mantra, or many of the different things that she's done in her entrepreneurial sphere, there is so many ways that she works to build up the confidence of like-minded women so Natalie thank you so much for joining us oh my pleasure thank you so much for having me no we've been looking forward to it so much (laughs) I mean I've heard so many great things about what you've done um but I think one of the great things about you Natalie is there isn't really a one-size-fits-all kind of route that you encourage anyone to take and you very much encourage each person to kind of draw from their own strengths yeah that's right that's right you know we are all very much individual so um I think it's always important to you know just be yourself and be who you are and sometimes that has many different facets to it it's not like a one size fits all so to kind of start at the top of your journey Natalie um would you describe yourself as a confident person? Um, you know, that's interesting because I think I've had different phases of my life where I felt confident at different points of it. So I would say probably up until age about 30, people would probably say I was confident. I was quite confident in school. Um, I was quite confident once I'd left school and I ended up um, moving out of rugby and moving down to London. And that's quite a bold thing to do, I think, you know, when you're 18 years old and just leaving for, you know, such a big city. I ended up working in the city and everything. So I definitely think up to about age 30, I was quite a confident person. But then unfortunately, I got very ill um, in my 30s. And then my confidence just completely went and I completely lost my confidence then. So I've definitely had different phases of my life where I've been more confident than others. And even though I would probably say at this particular moment in time, um, my confidence is back, I am generally a confident person. I still do struggle a bit with the whole imposter syndrome um, scenario. So I don't know, Rose, I don't know if it ever really leaves you. I think it just comes in waves and then it's just learning how to manage it. Definitely. And I really agree that different phases or circumstances within your life can make your confidence feel like it's really there or perhaps a bit more depleted. Um, When you say around 30 that you kind of lost a bit of your confidence, what did that feel like? Like what were the kind of characteristics that you felt weren't as strong as they used to be? Well, I think because I had, um, I was quite ill. So I basically had a nervous breakdown um, and I ended up with depression and anxiety. And um, 
the depression um, I managed to overcome over a few years, as bad as what it was. It took a, a, a couple of years for that to, to go, but it was the anxiety that I struggled with for about 15 years. And um, it was a real battle for me, really, to, you know, to, to deal with this anxiety. And it was quite bad in the sense that I was having panic attacks. I couldn't leave the house. You know, when I was in a, a shop or anywhere, um, I just wanted to escape. I just always wanted to escape. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it was a real challenging time for me because I'd never had anxiety that bad. And so, um, yeah, I think for me, you know, even even now, there are still times when that anxiety can flare up, um, but not to the extent that it used to. So um, I know that a lot of people do struggle with anxiety. And so I, I, I honestly, you know, I empathize so much because I've, I've been there. I know how bad it can be. So, um, yeah, I think that was one of the real challenges for me with regards to my confidence, obviously, as you can imagine, plummeted at that point um, to the extent where I was literally, the doctors were saying to me, I was literally in fight or flight mode. So my adrenal glands were overworking. They just didn't know what was going on. I was constantly on edge, constantly in fear. Yeah, it was probably the hardest part of my life today was we're going through that and that's so physically exhausting as well I mean I think that's one of the things with anxiety is that it presents itself both mentally and physically and so it can take such a huge toll on a person yeah honestly it's absolutely draining Rose you're right and even to this day like I said even though I'm so much further than than what I was then um I still think I have Um, some of the issues from that. So even now, I still think part of some of the symptoms I have from various maybe different things, like at the moment I'm going through, I'm I'm perimenopausal. um, And I think it's probably, that's probably worsened a little bit just by the fact of my adrenals are probably still haven't fully recovered from that anxiety, you know. So um, yeah, it is very challenging. But um, when, I, when I look back, I actually, you know, I have to give thanks because I'm not where I want to be, but I'm certainly not where I used to be. So those small steps that took me to where I am now have brought me so much closer to where I want to be. Some, some days you can get a little bit disheartened because you can be like, oh, it's still a battle and you're still struggling with certain things. But if you actually turn around and look back, yeah. you know, you, you, you may be surprised to see how far you've actually come. And do you know what, Natalie, a lot of your kind of work makes a lot of sense here in that journey you've been on, because a lot of what you do is you dedicate energy to helping other women. Um, for example, your YouTube channel time for Natalie, you know, you've got so many resources on there to encourage women to pursue their dreams and their ambitions. Um, do you think that having gone through such a big journey yourself, that is part of the reason why you feel so passionate to help other people along their way? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because I believe in life that we all go through certain things for a reason. And as difficult as it may be, and as hard as it may be to go through 
these um, these problems and these challenges, I honestly believe that our job is to then help somebody. Once we've come through it, we are then to turn back and, you know, put a hand out to somebody else that's still going through it. Um, because then we really can relate to it a lot more. So, for instance, I know that I am passionate about supporting women. I'm passionate about mental health, um, especially anxiety, depression, um, suicidal thoughts, because I've been there, done it, got the T-shirt. I know exactly how you feel. So you're to turn back and encourage that person, support that person, and also just to inspire them so that they can see, like, if I've made it through yeah. to the other side, then you can too, you know? Definitely. And just show them that there is a future and there is a things do get better, basically. Things do get better. And I think you're so right that that place of empathy allows you even to just communicate with a person in such a better way. Like mm. I was talking mm. to a friend the other day about how one of my best, best, best friends who I adore to bits, he's never someone that I would open up to because because he can't relate to any experience I'm telling him. He always seems to give me like the wrong opinion or he's so focused on giving his opinion on something. And actually, sometimes when you're opening up to someone, you just want them to listen. And I think from your perspective, I bet someone speaking to you about a similar experience just feels so much more able to connect knowing that you will understand and you won't judge or try and pass comment on something that you haven't lived through yourself. Yeah, yeah, because I think we sometimes can underestimate how difficult certain situations are. And like I said, it's taken me nearly 15 years to overcome the anxiety. Um, and would I have, you know, it rather take me you know, 15 minutes, 15 days, 15 hours. Yes, of course I would have. But throughout that whole journey of, you know, trying different things and trying to find my way out, I, I understand that everything happens the way it's supposed to happen. And I know that whenever I hear anybody that has, um, has had panic attacks or suffer with anxiety or depression, oh, my heart just goes out to them. And, I, and and you're right, Rose. I think that's why I do everything that I do because I honestly feel it, you know. Yeah. I, I feel pain. I, I really do. And I just feel, feel like I'm on this earth for a reason and that reason is to help as many people as I can, you know, overcome these issues in the best way that I know how. So, I think it's really yeah. lovely from the times we've spoken, you always return to that point of having a purpose and you know that you have this purpose to help and you have faith that everything is for mm -hmm. a reason and you're on a path. Um, have you always yeah. believed in that way or where did those beliefs kind of come from? Yeah, um, no, I haven't. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to pretend that I'm like this over-spiritual person. It's like, no, I haven't. I, what happened was basically when I, when I started having the nervous breakdown and I tried everything rose I tried um Chinese herbal medicine acupuncture um everything that you can think of I tried but funnily enough what was happening in the background was I had a friend that kept saying to me oh come to church come to church 
So I ended up going to church with this lady a few times and she gave me a Bible. And uh, one day um, the Bible was open on my bed and it was at the parable about Jesus healing the epileptic. Oh my goodness. And I was like, wow. It was the turning point of my life for sure. And does, sure. does that lady know the impact that she's had? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so, no, because I, um, I did end up leaving London and that's when I, I had to come back and live with my mum because um, I had a daughter as well and I still wasn't coping brilliantly. So I ended up coming back to rugby to live with my mum. But that, again, is a, is a story in itself because what God ends up doing is, you know, you end up trying to run away from certain situations that may well be the underlying cause of the problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And you can run as far as you want to whatever country you want to run to, to wherever you want to go. But God has a way of bringing you right back to where the initial problem <laughs> is, you know. So, um, yeah, ended up coming back to my mom. And our relationship was always a little bit rocky. It's just so interesting when you actually, when you're in the middle of it, it's so hard to understand it. But then when you actually come out of it and, like I say, when you turn around and look back, then it's like, oh, you know, then it starts making a bit more sense. So, um, And actually, yeah. <laughs> I think from the perspective of communicating with other women, it's so important that you have had all of these different experiences that have shaped you because that enables you to speak to other women from a place of experience. And, you know, when you're setting out to make another woman, for example, feel great about herself, you're doing that armed with all of these tools and avenues and techniques that you've used yourself over the course of time. Exactly. Um, and that's why I say, you know, nothing is ever wasted in life. Um, even the times when it's been hard or the times when, you know, we look at the situation with COVID-19 and everything that's going on in the world at the moment. And as difficult as some situations are, if we can just look for the, the lessons in them, um, and grow from it and, and come out better and even just a little bit stronger. It doesn't have to be that there's like huge, massive changes and it doesn't have to be, it's like confidence, confidence. It doesn't just appear overnight. No. And when I think about also when I came back to live with my mum and I couldn't leave the house and my mum kept just saying to me, you know, just walk to the end of the road, to the gate, just go to the end of the pathway to the, to the gate. And then once you feel comfortable doing that, just walk to the end of the road. And then once you can do that, just walk to the next road. So it's, it's all these little small steps that have got me to where I am today. And I think that, um, you know, when we actually go through certain situations, I think if we can just um, take small steps in order to, you know, improve and get better, but also just look back and, and you know, I, I'm so strong on looking back and just reflecting on um, how, how far you've come because I think sometimes we just don't do that. We get so stuck in, in the fact that it's we're not where we want to be um, and we're always looking forward. It's like, oh, I'm not there, so we're not happy in the present where I really want to encourage people to to look back and see how far you've come. And anybody that's still in the situation that you're in, 
encourage them and just try and support them because that rose also helps you as well because do you know what I ended up doing once I ended up feeling a little bit stronger I actually went and volunteered yeah and I was desperate to try and volunteer just to help myself a little bit more just try one day a week to volunteer in the end there was actually no um placements for me so they actually said do you want to come and work at the volunteer bureau itself so I was like yeah sure I don't mind where I go I just feel like I need to help somebody else and it helps me as well yeah so I ended up doing that for about six months and then six months later they um they got some funding to hire someone and they hired me wow so yeah so you just never know you never know how things are going to turn out and I mean Um, I love how you've kind of taken this vocation into lots of different things that you've done because I know for example one of the things in your professional life you've always been passionate about is property but you're now currently in the process of turning one of your properties into a women's home I mean could you tell me a little bit about that sure yeah this is a project that I have wanted to do for years oh my gosh I've wanted to do it for about six years is again looking back now on why it's taken me so long I I get it now but um the same way I had I was able to come and live with my mum when I was really bad and when things were really bad not every woman has that possibility and opportunity so I actually I always say because people say how did you end up with eight houses and this that and the other and I always feel like I'm I'm an accidental landlord it wasn't anything (laughs) that I had actually planned but as I started getting stronger um I ended up cut a long story short but I ended up becoming an estate agent um and I could always see I always say to people I can smell an opportunity a mile (laughs) away and so you know I could I could really understand oh well this property is is a bargain you know I understood the market anyway there was a woman here in rugby that really helped me and she needed somewhere to live and so I had a house that I was trying to sell but I, I ended up buying that house for her Um, to give her somewhere to live. And that's how I ended up with the eight houses. I bought them to help somebody in need. And so with the women's house, which is an eight bedroom house with a forge attached to it, I used to rent it out by the rooms, but just something in me just said, no, no, this is meant to be to help women that are going through hard times, going through challenges. They have nowhere to go. They need somewhere to stay. Um, and I just really felt like that's what this property is meant to be used for. So, so yeah, my project is kind of like kicked off this year. Um, yeah, it's been a little bit challenging with, um, the whole kind of like getting it started, but I'm excited. It's, it's on the way. So yeah, I'm going to be turning the whole building into apartments and it, it will be nice because it, I'm, I'm trying to create kind of like a community. Yeah. So the women will all be there together supporting each other and cheering each other on so yeah I'm excited it's a lot of work it's a lot of work but I'm excited well do you know what you're the woman for the job Natalie because I think (laughs) it's true what you say about a community feel is so important and I saw this thing actually weeks and weeks ago it was on Twitter 
and there were a number of people discussing social media and um, mm-hmm. they said there were kind of people that work professionally in social media and they said the key to really enjoying social media is to create a community rather than focusing on, you know, a number or a following. And I think communities Mm. are so powerful. I mean, just to kind of flip the conversation in another way, I know that one of the things that you're really passionate about is creating beauty content for women over 40 and sharing like mm. makeup experiences for women with those kinds of needs. And I mean, I think that's so important because are those women being spoken to elsewhere? Mm. In all honesty, I don't think so. I think there is a huge gap there for women of my age, you know, women in their 40s, 50s, 60s. And, you know, I can't speak for every woman, but I know that um, myself and a number of other women I've spoken to, we feel really invisible. Mm. You know, we really do feel like we're not seen, we're not heard. Um, and we really feel like, you know, when you when you look at what's um, in social media or when you look at what's on TV and in magazines, a lot of it is targeted at the millennials. And um, I think that is such a shame because, you know, we are valuable um, and we come with a wealth of wisdom and knowledge. And, and also, when you think about it logically, money as well. You know, <laughs> over the years, you know, we've worked hard. We have our money. The kids have gone. Um, so it, it, it just kind of like makes sense to me really that you would, you know, speak more to women of, of my age. So I do feel that, um, there is a long way to go still. I do feel it is improving slightly, but I do still feel that there is a long way to go. And also, if you don't mind me saying Rose as well, I know that there's a lot going on at the moment regarding diversity. I think that's another area as well, where a lot of, um, brands, a lot of businesses really do need to do better. And they do really need to look at, you know, who, who's on, their boards is it representative of really the people that they are speaking to and um yeah I really do feel like it is it's an issue that is currently being tackled at the moment but I still feel that there's a lot more to that can be done I completely agree on both counts and I think that there's so much work to be done and it's brilliant to see that those first steps are in there, but it's going to be great to see kind of how this evolves and the conversations happening at the moment around diversity, for example, how they're followed through. Um, Mm. What would you say are kind of some of the positive steps that you've seen already that lead you to think, okay, we're starting to get somewhere? I am starting to see, you know, obviously with the whole Black Lives Matter, it pushed it all into the forefront again. So, you know, I started to see a lot more brands and organizations really listening and having those conversations and really looking at themselves um, to see, are we really representing in the way that we should? Yeah. So I think that that is really great. I think the first step is, um, like you said, it's about the small steps and those small steps that the, the brands and businesses are taking to firstly just listen to um what's being said and and how people feel because that's the most important thing it's like you know when I see an advert for um makeup or skincare or something and then I don't see one black person in that advert or even one older 
um, person in that advert as well, whatever it may be. Um, I just think in this day and age, I just it's just so surprising to me, and I just and it's just not good enough. So, I definitely do see organisations taking more notice and listening more. So, I think it's I think it is early days still. I think probably next year we'll start to really see. Um, who's really taking it on board and and who is actually not just listening, but they're actually really taking some steps to make changes. And in terms of like, for example, someone listening to this podcast today that isn't necessarily a brand or a big corporation, but they're an individual with family and friends around them. What do you think are the steps Mm -hmm. that each of us as individuals can do to nurture this movement for the better every single day yeah I think um just have the conversations with your friends around you know how do they feel um what issues have they personally faced because maybe a lot of people don't even realize that you know that people in their own circle have gone through challenges because of their color or their disability or whatever it may be so um the first steps would be really, you know, talking to the people that are already in your circle. Um, and then I think it really is just a case of educating, isn't it? You know, it's just um, learning more about the struggles and the challenges that people are facing. Um, because I, I know I saw on social media a lot of people saying it's not for black people to educate white people. You can educate yourself as well. So, yeah. Uh, seeking out just a little bit more education around why is this happening? Yeah. Why is this an issue? In all, in all honesty, I think to me it is like pardon the pun, it's quite black and white. It's like <laughs> you 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 love <laughs> you love everyone. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I, I, I suppose because we're not like that, Rose, and we're not on that side of having an issue with you know anyone because of color and stuff like that. So it's hard to even comprehend why would you, why do you have an issue with that, and why would you? Because you just take people for who they are, you just accept them for who they are, and you just love them for who they are. So sometimes it's just really hard to understand the thinking process of people that um, do have an issue. I think it always comes down to education and conversations. So definitely, yeah, I think if you can do one of the two, you're, you're at least on the right track. And you know what? It's spot on because I was having a discussion the other day with a lovely friend of mine who I I feel very close to her. Like I feel like I know a lot about her and her life yeah. and she's Indian and her partner is Jamaican. And mm-hmm. I've never had a conversation with her before the other day about what her experience has been like just for the very simple factor that she's Indian and living in the UK and with her other half Mm. being Jamaican and here's someone that I thought I knew really well and I was I was horrified by some of the things that she explained to Mm. me or some of the daily struggles she goes through or the worries that she has and I completely agree that I think there's so much to be learned from just digging a bit deeper with the people around you. You know, it comes back to, again, some of the things you said about perhaps 
gaps, the anxiety, the depression. We all, you know, think we speak to each other all the time. We think we've seen each other's holiday on Instagram or whatever it is. But are we actually taking Mm. a minute to sit down and go, no, do you know what, Natalie? How are you this week? Is everything okay? Have you Mm. had a good week? Um, And I think there's so much to be learned from the very immediate people around us that we might have thought we knew and actually we don't have a clue. Yeah, totally. And even if you take it away from the whole um, uh, issue with racism and uh, uh, diversity and disability and, and all of that, even if you take it completely away from that, I think it's something that we should be doing anyway, Rose, yeah. with regards to, like, I know I am terrible with, like, keeping in touch with my friends Uh, and my family sometimes I'm just so on the go busy you know doing the women's home and doing time with Natalie and doing this the film screenings and all this stuff that I just don't really take enough time to just you know call up my friends and how are you doing how everything okay how's your week um so I think even in general I think that's sound advice with regards to just making more time to um you know just pick up the phone and and speak to our loved ones especially after you know covid-19 and everything that's been going on in the world where life is so precious and um it's you just don't know do you time is so sure that you we really need to i think make more effort to be um you know, spend more time and be closer to the the people that we love, but also not just the people that we know and love, um, the people that we also don't know. So, you know, I was saying about um, supporting people that have been through certain issues. So I I get people messaging me saying, thank you for sharing this. Thank you for sharing that. And even though I don't know certain people, I'm still always there to give encouragement and to, you know, try and um, uh, uplift people and, um, you know, support them when I can. So, yeah. And I think that comes back to confidence as well, because I personally can vouch that one of the things that makes me feel, you know, one of the things you said at the beginning of this chat, which I loved Natalie was you were like, you know, I'm encouraging people to be themselves. One of the things that makes me feel most myself and most, you know, secure in my skin is when I have spent time with my friends and family. And that can be hugely confidence boosting for you as an individual. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and sometimes like I was just thinking about the fact that I know not everybody has supportive friends and family and sometimes their confidence is actually stripped because the people that you expect to have been you know there for you and boosting you yeah and supportive have not been the ones that you had hoped and so I think with confidence sometimes it can be very tricky because you have to look for it elsewhere sometimes you have to take it outside of your own family and friends if if you're surrounded by people who really don't make you feel great um, whether they are your family or your friends then you know my advice is to now we know you can't find your family as such, but, you know, and sometimes it is what it is. That's that's part of life. But um, my, I would always encourage you to find people that make you feel good. You know, and find those people that do 
it's, are supportive to you. And if someone is in that situation where at the moment they, I mean, I think lots of people at the moment in particular have probably been really affected by this huge change that we've gone through, all of these new rules and regulations for our everyday life. If someone's struggling and they haven't got that support network in terms of their immediate friends and family, what kind of um, steps would you advise them to take to find their people? Like join a book group, go online. What would you recommend? I always say to people, what's your passion? So, you know, I you, you mentioned about how I am so much about purpose and people finding their purpose because for me, I just, like I said, life is so short that to spend your whole life doing something that you really don't want to do and that, you know, is not inspiring to you it's just so sad so if you like you just touched on a book club so if you love reading books if books is your thing then yeah absolutely you know find a book club that you can join where you can you know connect with other like-minded people I know it's difficult at the moment with the whole social distancing and things so a lot of stuff is happening more online but um yeah so try and find a group of people that are similar to you and that have a similar mindset that are interested in the same kind of things as you and and connect with those kind of people because the power of being around these people is so amazing and it, and it definitely will boost your confidence for sure you know it really does just lift the spirit when you're in the place that you want to be in when you are in your sphere of like-minded people oh it just you know it's just so good for the confidence and it's so good for the soul it really is really is now you have all of these great things that you do for other people and you know there you've just mentioned so many things that's going to make another person feel really good and achieve their dreams and their goals um but what are some of your own what are some of the things that you're working towards at the moment that you just think are going to make you feel brilliant oh good question um well obviously the women's home is the big one yeah you know, just uh, even even when I just think about the fact, you know, um, I kind of visualize it. Um, and when it's all done and the women are going in there and to know that I managed to help them, you know, improve their lives, I think it's just going to be actually quite overwhelming for me. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's that's obviously the big one. Um, also, my YouTube channel, Time with Natalie. I think that's another thing as well where I'm helping women to use their voice. Yeah. So um, I also train people on how to start and grow a YouTube channel um, because I just do think it's really important for women to use their voice using whichever platform they're most comfortable, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, whatever. YouTube is my baby. I, I love YouTube. Um, so YouTube is the one that I use. So just, you know, helping, um, helping people to kind of like just – uh, use their voice to express what it is that they want to express. Well, that is exactly the kind of thing that we try and do at It Cosmetics. And we have a phrase in the mission statement that I love, and it's that we want a woman to feel great. Well, a woman or a man, I should say, to feel great, whether it's for the first time or for the first time in a long time. Um, so oh. just to kind of close us today Natalie what advice would you have for a woman who wants to feel her most confident whether it's for the first time or the first time in a long time I would probably say um 
keep it keep it simple and take the small steps so everything for me goes back to the small steps and like I touched on earlier um you don't you know you you don't get confident overnight it's not something that just happens you know in an instant so I think it's just a case of you know be kind to yourself and realize that you know everything takes time and you you will become more confident um if you just you know just take small steps towards whatever it is that you want to do so if you wanted to say for instance be like a public speaker you know what are the small steps that you could take towards that for instance like creating a draft of a speech um then preparing the slides and then maybe practicing so i try and be practical with people that and say it's i think you just need to break it down and and just keep it to those small steps and the more you do that and the more you just keep taking step after step after step after step you get you get the, the confidence comes in every step that you take so just keep going just keep going just keep taking those small steps one by one by one and before you know it you'll yeah you'll be um you'll be amazed you'll be amazed at how far you've come Natalie, that was such an uplifting chat. You've made me think I want to write down my steps and things. It was so lovely. Um, and I bet there'll be so many people that want to reach out to you after listening to this. So can you tell us a little bit about where we can find you and what we can expect when we do? Sure. So everything is Time with Natalie. So my website is timewithnatalie.com. And then all my social media platforms are Time with Natalie. So you can just stick it into Google or YouTube, Facebook, whichever, and and it will come up. And basically, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll see more of the same of what I've just said, really, where it's all about encouraging you, empowering you, inspiring you. I'm there cheering for you. You know, <laughs> I'm your cheerleader, you know, for your dreams. I just so want people to be fulfilling their dreams and not necessarily doing what it is that they feel, you know, they're being told to do. In the, and I want them to do what it is that they want to do. So, um, yeah, I'm all, I'm all about encouraging people to fulfill their dreams. So that's what you can expect from my channels. Well, brilliant. Natalie, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, it was lovely to have you. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I've, I've loved it. Thank you, Rose. Oh, no, it's been fab. Thank you for listening. And if you liked this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. You can find us on social media at It Cosmetics on Facebook, It Cosmetics UKI on Instagram, and discover more interviews like this at itcosmetics.co.uk. Thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you soon.